Hello! And welcome back to Archives of Fabella Daily, the only podcast that takes you deep into an alternate world of magic and mayhem. Today is March 27th, equal to Aries 7th. Books are available on Amazon. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and hit that subscribe button for more great stories right in your feed. There are no recorded events on Earth in the year 2308 BC, but on Fabella, a unique merman became the leader a country needed. I'm Dylan Foley, and this is Archives of Fabella. Beyond our world, there is love. Beyond our world, there is war. Beyond our world, there is life. Beyond our world, there is Fabella. Aries 7th, 1693, FY, Fabella year, equal to March 27th, 2308, BC, Earth year. Members of the LGBT community always had roles in the military throughout Fabella's history. Were they always respected? No, but they played major roles in shaping the magical world. Due to social and official discrimination, though, a large amount of their stories were untold, with the topic of their sexuality largely being absent or glossed over. But in the case of one of the earliest military commanders, gender identity was at the forefront of their character. In the year 1693, two warring tribes in the rainforest region of Aflar were pitted against each other in a desperate bid to control their homeland. The Age of Civilization was a period where war was just beginning. The Chaka tribe was locked in a heavy confrontation with their rivals, the Merfolk of Sasternak, over control over the northeastern Aflar coastline. Neither of these tribes knew how to really fight. Magic was in its infancy at the time, so there were no warlocks. An air force made up of flying mounts had yet to be put together as well. So, the skirmishes that took place between the Chakas and the Sasternaks on the beaches of Aflar consisted mainly of jabbing spears at each other in a chaotic mess devoid of leadership until one side surrendered for the day. A lot of people were dying every day on both sides, and this early war was going nowhere pretty fast. The Sasternak people heard it tell that their cousins of the Tabrasora tribe in Cathara had mobilized themselves into an aquatic infantry, thanks to a large part of their proximity to the kingdom of the ancient Punt. So they sent a messenger to the Tabrasoras to request aid. On Ares 7th, help arrived in Sasternak. The Tabrasora merfolk sent their best military strategist. General Fesserbar, to whip the Sasternak troops into shape. Merfolk and Fabella were not built with a human top half and fish bottom half like most depictions of them in literary fiction. Rather, they were two-legged, bipedal, amphibious folk with both fish and human DNA. 
They spent most of their time in the water because they could only survive on land for short periods. This caused merfolk to develop a general insecurity when around people who dwelled on the surface. They always felt like visitors and never truly comfortable outside of the familiarity they associated with their home. Professor Barr was no different. They fought tooth and nail against being sent to Sasternak, knowing that their gender-fluid identity would never be accepted. Professor Barr's fears were justified. Within hours of meeting their cousin and hearing of Professor Barr's preference for they-them pronouns arising from a resistance to be labeled a mermaid or merman, the Sasternaks were tremendously offended. They did not like. They did not hide their disappointment and requested that Professor Barr swim back to the Tabrasauras to request a quote-unquote real hero to lead them into battle. Incensed and outraged at the discrimination from their own people, Professor Barr decided to swim back all right, but not to Tabasora. Instead, they swam to the coast, controlled by the rival Chaka tribe, to offer their services. The Chaka tribe's dwarf chieftain, Doradus, was also prejudiced toward Fessabar, but his desire to win the war against the merfolk led him to welcome the foreign general on the shores anyway. The Chaka tribe lived in an area under the Red Winter Mountains, rich in minerals. They built their homes and other structures out of the most ubiquitous, naturally occurring material in their region, gold. Every hut, temple, and marketplace in the Chaka tribe glittered as the warm rays of the sun graced their gilded blocks. The Chakas were very adept at mining taking to the practice like they were born to do it. Most of their ranks were comprised of dwarves and goblins, but they also had a healthy population of other land-based people like minotaurs, humans, and elves. Chief Dorodus was a dwarf who wished to have control over the coast so he could trade with neighboring tribes, for the Chalkins were rich in gold but very poor when it came to basically anything else. This alliance is great for Fessabar as well, for trade was a key part of the merfolk identity. They regularly exchanged aquatic goods with people on land, aligning themselves with the Chalkins, prevented a rare win-win scenario. The only obstacle Fessabar and Dorodus had to get over was their own prejudice and commit to working as a team. Fessabar's tenure with the Chalkins was not easy. The tribe was low on discipline morale, and even food, with their strict military drills, showy presence, and shrewd eye for military strategy. Fessabar slowly helped mold the Chalkins into a military powerhouse. Chief Dorodus played up General Fessabar's qualifications. Fessabar had been fighting since they were 17 and had been personal aid to King Oceanus of Tapasora. There was no stronger military commander in all of Fabella. When Fessabar arrived at Chaka, they were appalled at the conditions the tribal warriors had been fighting under and immediately set to work drilling them with strict techniques. They were a strict drill master, but they also socialized with the troops, dining with the tribe at bonfires for as long as they could before having to slide back into the ocean. Professor Barr formed intense relationships with the Chalkins. As the days wore on, they taught the army more efficient fighting techniques 
and helped instill the discipline they so sorely needed. The Mer-Person Drill Master quickly became one of Chief Dorodus's most trusted advisors. Fesabar remained in Chaka long enough to see them win the war against the Sasternaks. Their victory was all the doing of their military tutelage. Fesabar returned to Tabasora with a trade agreement between themselves and a renamed Chaka. For following their decisive win, the Chakas decided to name their budding nation after their chief, and Dorado, as it was called, passed into legend as El Dorado, the fabled city of gold. That's going to do it for us today. Tune in tomorrow for the birth and rules of a high-contact sport. Subscribe now to get more new episodes right in your feed. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Send your questions to archivesoffabella at gmail.com. Archives of Fabella is created, produced, and hosted by Dylan Foley, with music by Garrett Ferris and audio blocks. Books are available on Amazon, in ebook and paperback. As always, look outside of what is possible and think about what might be.